Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bonus episode of the Icebreakers podcast. My name is Matt Evers, and I am sat alongside my disco dancing diva this week, Frankie Seaman, and we have a very special episode for you. We sat down and had an incredible chat with Wonder Woman shell, Michelle Heaton. We talked all about her dancing on ice journey, which was great. It was short-lived. It was short and sweet. But it was great. Have a look at this. Good morning, Icebreakers podcast, and what a scoop we have today. We only have the incredible Wonder Woman shell joining us today to talk about her amazing dancing on ice journey. Hello. Hello, Frankie and Matt. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Looking gorgeous this morning as ever. Thank you. And both of you as well. It's, isn't it amazing how we can connect from completely different areas of the world? It's so true. And I think that all came from COVID, right? Like when Zoom became the new meeting place. And thankfully, through these yeah. technologies that we have, we're able to bring the listeners and bring the viewers um, these, you know, pretty incredible interviews that we've had with um, some of the past DOI alumni. So we want to go back, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about some stuff outside of Dancing on Ice. But, you know, because we're on topic with the icebreakers, we really wanted to sort of like get your whole experience and also the history that you have with the show. I mean, you're a yeah. huge fan, first and foremost, and you were in studio last night. How was that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, going back, I am a huge fan. I've been a bit of a groupie of Dance and Ice for quite so many years now. We're talking I think about it all 15 kind of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it all started, I think, like right at the beginning. Obviously, I was a massive fan of watching the show. And then Jessica from Liberty X um, took part in the show many, many moons ago. And then I thought, you know what, they're never going to ask me now because they've already had Jessica from Liberty X. But obviously time has passed and then my turn came around and I had auditioned for it um, twice before. Um, and in those periods where I did audition, I wasn't great. I was in active addiction at the time. And I, I just remember those periods of my life as a bit of a haze. And whilst I wanted something so deeply, everybody around me, except for myself, could see what a dark place I was in. And obviously it wouldn't have been fair to me or, or the TV show um, or whoever, I would have got to put me in that situation um, and then and then I got sober it's been almost three years now and um, and then my time came up last year which was amazing and yeah I was in the studio last night I found what I saw last night um, is how well first of all the um, incredible um, how, how incredible they are like the standard is it seems to get better every single year it really does but also when you're there and you're watching it and then you see the clips at home, they look better on TV, let's be fair, let's be honest here. But, you know, the camera <laughs> tricks that they use and you've got the guy skating around with the with, with the camera on, on him and as he's skating, he's going opposite ways to where they're skating so it automatically looks like they're going faster. But obviously it's a TV show. It would be quite boring if it was going at real speed and I get that. Um, it's so quick, you know, they're on and off. And I remember that feeling of nervousness and feeling sick that you really don't have time to think. And before you know it, the music's on and you can see that evident in their faces. I'm pretty certain most of them, if not all of them, had fumbles right at the beginning. I don't know whether that was seen on the TV show, but for me watching, it was quite uncomfortable because I remember that feeling. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did. We did see that. Um, we saw that there was a lot of nerves last night. But you have to remember, I think, and, you, and you'll know this, that they only had a few days this week to put those routines mm-hmm. together. So a lot of them just felt a bit underprepared. Um, yeah, yeah, and I could see that definitely. Although um, I do feel like I am no expert at, by any means. I do feel like as the scoring didn't quite represent what I was seeing on the ice. Um, especially um, the first couple of skates. I think they set the standard extremely high from the get-go and had nowhere to go with it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think we talked about this again last night on the podcast. We did feel that um, those the leaderboard, we could we could shuffle the leaderboard because with, with the benefit of hindsight, once we've seen everybody, we can mm-hmm. then compare who we think should have been a bit higher or who should have been a bit lower. And I was surprised that Claire was at the bottom of the leaderboard, to be honest. Yeah, I think that she was quite fluid on the ice, um, considering her injury as well. But obviously, we, as we know, injury doesn't mean more points for, you know, you don't get forgiven for that. Um, as we saw last year, when Carly got eliminated, she was one of the better skaters. She could have lasted the distance, she could have won it. And she tore all of her, you know, all of her shoulder um, um, fibroids and everything that was in her shoulder. It was literally ripped apart and she kept going. But that meant, unfortunately, that she had to get eliminated. And that's what we kind of saw with Claire last night. Now, we know that you're really hot on your body, on your physical shape, on working out and like how, how important your health journey is to you. Do you think that helped you when it came to being on the ice, having auditioned twice before when mm-hmm. you weren't in a healthy place or when you were in a, a, probably a, a more fragile place? Do you think that that health journey really helped you once you got onto the ice? I do feel that it helped me in the sense that I wasn't prone to injury. Um, I kind of had a lot of falls. Um, I don't really have a fear. Um, I was quite excited about the thrill and the elements of it. Um, so in in that instance, I felt like I could get back up and get back on it, no matter what was thrown at me. Um, the thing that let me down, which I didn't even factor in, is is my age. And, you know, whilst I have mobility and flexibility, you know, computing it from the head to the toes in that nanny second that you have to do it, it just didn't work for me. And and that's that's where I felt I was good at that. that There's nothing I could have done to make that better. I think it's just an age thing and the way that my body works. You know, the messages, the signals weren't going as fast as it would be if I was 10 years younger. And, And that's just the way it rolls. I think that shows a huge awareness. Um, I very rarely hear celebrities come on here and really understand the mechanics of ice skating, but what you've just said shows a massive awareness that you understand Mm -hmm. our sport. Because actually, yeah, as you get older, the body doesn't function as quickly. Even though you can still do the same things, it just takes a little bit longer. And I think I have this conversation with David all the time about goalkeeping as well. Like Mm -hmm. in our heads, we think we can do it, but our bodies are like, yeah, it's just gonna take a while to catch up, right? So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're super yeah. strong. You're one of the strongest people I know physically. You're so strong. Um, but it's interesting that it's it's the head game as well that plays a part. Oh, massively, 100%. And whilst, you know, you can have no fear and you really want to attack it and you're, you're agile and flexible and you've got all these components, you know, if you don't have age on your side, it's with any sport. That's why we see footballers retire at an early age. You're like, what? You know, they're only like late 20s, early 30s. But it's literally because you can't keep up with the speed of the new people, no matter how strong or physically fit that you are or how good a skater you are. I think it it does come down to with this show, um, because there's such a small time frame. You only have two mm-hmm. or three days to really master a routine. A routine, and as I mm-hmm. saw with Sally Dinova or even Patsy or Denise Welsh, 
them being over a certain age, it takes them that much longer to remember the choreography, to get the choreography mm-hmm. into their body. And I, you know, somebody of that age in a normal theatrical production who has weeks and weeks and weeks to rehearse or, exactly. you know, has has been on stage in the same show for six months, doesn't experience what you experienced with that the time constraint, mm-hmm. which makes the show mm-hmm. so much more difficult. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think when I'm performing on stage or if I'm in a play or a musical, um, you're right, you know, it, it, it becomes second nature. You do it for a couple of weeks, you've got rehearsals, and then you're on stage, and after the first week under your belt, it's it's just automatic, you know, it's muscle memory. You know, my, my Liberty X uh, routines are muscle memory. We could be without, you know, like, like through COVID, we went a year or two without performing, got back together and, you know, didn't need a rehearsal because our muscles just did what we learned. But yeah, you learn a new routine in, in, in a few days. And as you know, anybody who doesn't know who's watching the show, you only get that two hours a day of ice because then it becomes dangerous because you become lethargic and tired. Now, you know, we know behind the scenes that certain people get some more ice time. Um, but that's <laughs> who's weird that? I, I'm actually blown away by how much you understand the process. A lot of celebrities kind of go into it very blind uh, and come out of it not not particularly much more educated. So I'm really blown away by how you understand the process of your own body, but also how you understand the process of the show. And you're right, some people do get extra ice time, um, yeah. which, you know, as you said, yeah, obviously, some, yeah, some people will need it, obviously, and you have to forgive some people if they've been injured or they've missed a bit. But yeah, it can be frustrating. And I think we talked last night about OT being on set um, with some of the performers and not other ones mm-hmm. and while she may or may not have brought whatever to the table that that's to me is irrelevant mm-hmm. because they all have coaches but she's actually forming a relationship with some of them where she isn't with others others and i found personally i found that a little bit unfair as well i think that the judges um either should be in my opinion should be judges and not hands-on and that's why we have the karen and the dan who do an amazing job and obviously you know the the, the ice coaches as well um backstage who, who are there and they help us perform, they help us get a routine together. Um, and then the judges should be separate to that because you're right, you can form bonds. And I've been a judge before on a talent show. I was a judge on the Irish X Factor. And um, it's really easy to get an emotional connection with somebody, but you have to set that aside when you're judging them on, on that performance, not that you gave them extra coaching on their choreography so that you feel a little bit more personal to that. Can we rewind a little bit because you talked earlier about how your sobriety journey maybe hindered your um, auditions when you when you tried to get on the show. And I remember those years. I remember speaking to you, and you may not remember, but I remember speaking to you at various events and we talked about the show and I, and I know you loved it. I know you really wanted it so badly and you really wanted to be on there and you auditioned a couple of times. And I was always mm-hmm. kind of like, well, why? Why aren't they taking Michelle? She'd be perfect because I already knew that you were strong. I already knew that you had, you know, a performance background and I knew how much you loved the show. So to me, that was always such a shock. Obviously, I didn't know at that time that you were in active addiction and I didn't know all of that that, that entailed. But maybe you can educate people at home as to why that would have held you back. Because because when I was speaking to you, to, to me, you just seemed like a normal functioning woman. Obviously, it was just snapshots yeah. that I saw. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think you hid it really well, but maybe you can educate people at home as to how you did that and how you functioned. Mm-hmm. I think if it, you don't mind. That's, I mean, that, yeah, no, and that's fine. Absolutely. I'm very open with it. Um, you know, hopefully being open the way that I am helps other people recognise what they're going through or other people. I think at that particular time, I was a functioning alcoholic. And I remember speaking to Denise, um, you know, as we all know, had had her addictions in the past. Um, and, and she always called herself a functioning alcoholic back then. And I took that term on myself and that the way I was describing myself and I was I was still functioning they come to a point where I wasn't functioning and um I think like my last audition previous to the year that I got it um I, I think I wanted it so badly that I was just all over the place erratic um I, I I probably would have had I mean I can't remember I would have probably had a drink before the audition because that's what I did you know that I I couldn't face the world or leaving the house without a drink at that point in my life and um whilst nobody said that they could smell it on me um that has definitely got to affect my appearance and the way that i talk to people and the way that i am articulating things um and and that inevitably will have an effect on my balance on the ice off the ice you know when you do these auditions it's not just about what you do on the ice it's as important to see whether you've got communication with your skills off the ice as well as you know you know there's a little dance routine to see whether you can you can you can do that you know at the same mm-hmm. time and, and and all of these little things go into play when they're picking their contestants and i probably wouldn't have been at all on my best form in that instance i can't believe that because you were so you've always been so genuine and so warm and so welcoming whenever i've kind of crossed paths with you and so for me, it's so hard to imagine you, you know, it, it's in such a dark, it actually makes, I'm actually a bit teary thinking yeah. about like how much you must have been going through at that time. It must have yeah. been so hard for you. And I think, God, Aww. how did you come out, out of that? It's, 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 it's people yeah. at home must, must be thinking this woman's amazing and you have a family, you've got a life and incredibly successful, you've always been incredibly successful. It's just, it's astonishing. It really is. The thing is, is that I suppose when, when I was, drinking a lot I, I I did love going out and I was very social butterfly and I am again now in a different way um but at some point I just couldn't stop and at some point alcohol just took over my entire life and where that line was and when it was I have no idea it just did and it wasn't early you know I haven't been an alcoholic throughout my, my band years I drank a lot but I didn't drink, drink alcoholically and because you you don't set out to be somebody who's gone to the priory to rehab you don't set out these goals in life right and you think that an alcoholic is somebody who's sitting on a park bench you know that's the way that we look at things with their brown paper bag and their bottle of whatever they've got homeless lost jobs lost family and that wasn't my situation it was very hard to then recognize that i actually was an alcoholic yet you know matt Ali, my husband, my very close friends for the last two years of my alcoholism um, knew. And I was so scared of admitting that I was because I was scared of the fallout. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't regret the way that things worked out because I do think that if I had got help sooner, I probably wasn't ready or I did it because everybody else wanted me to. Um, Because at that point, I didn't believe that I had a problem. I knew I drank too much but I thought I was in control, but in fact, it was controlling me. And it took me another couple of years to bash myself to realize that. And I think as your friend of 10, 15 years, I just cannot 
to have this conversation with you, I mean, I'm getting emotional now thinking about where we used to be. Um, yeah. I'm, I am just so proud of you for what you have achieved. Um, the bumps and bruises that you had through your Dancing and Ice career, I know, you know, you exited early. That's not what you wanted, but we mm. all believed in you so much that you got to that point to where you yeah. got the show to where you showed up, to where you understood what you were doing. And I just, I love you so much. And it's, we're so, we're so proud of you, of, of how you're, of how you're doing, period. Yeah. Thank you guys, honestly, Matt. And I know we've had a relationship for quite some time and you're a very dear family friend and we all think the world of you. And, um, you know, you were there through a lot of it and, and you, had conversations with my husband and you had conversations with me and with our manager and mm -hmm. I know it all came from love but at that time I didn't want to hear it of course and, not. and that's the honesty of it you know anybody who was asking me or telling me that I had a problem I would push them away because I didn't understand what what was actually happening and now coming out the other side I'm so grateful that you guys never left my side. You know, there are so many people who suffer from alcoholism who are left alone and frightened and scared, and it can get a lot worse. Um, mm. I think if anybody's watching this and they have a loved one who is suffering from alcoholism, whilst you can't venter every need that they want or give them what they want, just don't leave them in despair because help is out there. What point, what do you think was the turning point that made you say, actually, I am ready to hear mm -hmm. what your friends and your family were saying? Yeah, what was it? I think... a lot of people don't ever hit that point. No, and do you know what? It wasn't necessarily my rock, rock bottom. I had quite a few. I was in hospital quite a few times and I was told that if I didn't stop, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't live, basically. I was, I was dying. Um, and at that moment in time, I was with um, my friend Katie Price and she was sober and clean and she was in a really good place and I hadn't seen her like that um, for quite a while and I thought oh my god like we are very similar and if she can do it maybe I can and mm. it took seeing somebody who I was close to be good to realize that maybe I could get like that and it was that moment, that one realization that, wow, she can do it, maybe I can. And I do believe that that is a lot of people's connections when they realize that they can have help, when they, when they meet somebody that they know or some, one of their friends was an alcoholic and got better. It's those situations usually that switches your mind. And then I remember just feeling done. I was, I was just exhausted. My body was battered. I knew I was going to die. I had like, maybe the week before I had this, this epiphany that this is how I was going to die. Like I had accepted it. And how sad is that? Like I've got my kids, my family. Wow. Wow. And, and like, I, I obviously love everybody. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I was hurting them so much and I couldn't see a way out. And that tiny glimmer of a way out just made me say, that's it. I'm done. And I haven't had a drink since. Bravo. I think it's such um, a, well, and hallelujah and like amazing that you were, that you had somebody that took like Katie Price to inspire you, that you could see that journey had an end to it as well, that even though you were as, as low as you were, mm -hmm. you could, you could get higher, but I find it so such a testament to how far you've come that you can speak about this so clearly and so articulately now. I mean, you should be speaking to other people who are going through this journey because it's so inspiring to hear it because a lot of people, when they've been through something like this and when they've hit rock bottom, for whatever reason, 
so emotionally still entangled in it that they can't yeah. separate the journey from it and they can't explain it to other people in a way that makes them want to do that for themselves as well. So I think yeah, amazing exactly. way of speaking. Thank you. I mean, I, I follow a 12-step program and I go to my AA or CA meetings and, um, and, and, and that's where a lot of people come in to find fellowship and to hear what they they they, they recognise from one person they can relate to somebody and then that, that switches their brain as well. And I also work with Rehubs Online, which is an online rehab. You know, not everybody can afford rehab like we did. And, and even in yeah. my case, it was after COVID. It was very expensive. It was money that we didn't have. And we had to borrow that from very dear friends of ours and, and pay them back in time. But not everybody's in the situation that I was. So this offers an alternative where you don't need to leave the family and, and be locked away for 28 days and you can do it online. And, and, and so I'm working with them and I get to interview people like me. And that's inspiring. It really is to hear people who are in desperate need or who have gone through the process themselves and got better. There are thousands of us, millions of us out there. You know, you're not alone. And that was one of the reasons why I kept drinking because I felt like I was the only person suffering from this and that it was just me and that I was different. I was no different to the next person. Right. Let's, I, I did want to ask you about this rehab. I think it's an incredible organization and sort of community. Mm -hmm. Can you just like tell everybody how they can find it, what it's all about? Cause it's a 24 hour program. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's, it's like a rehab, except you don't need to go away. You do it in the comfort of your own home and it's online. So it's a 28 day program and a year after care. And it's exactly the same situation that you would get, but it's online for those that can't leave their jobs or can't leave their family, especially single parent families as well, who can't have help with their childcare. And it's a bit more inexpensive than it is to go to a residential as well. So you get the support system, you get the one-on-one -on -one counseling, um, you get specialists in alcohol and drug, whatever addictions that you're going through. And then you have a community and, and that's what keeps me sober. That, you yeah. know, my, the, the main point you take from this is that if you have a community of people who are like you, that's what keeps me sober and that's what you get in rehabs. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we'll make sure to link their information to this as well, because yeah. I think it's just an Thanks, incredible guys. program. I could talk about this all day because I find it so interesting and so fascinating. I know so many people that have been through it, mm -hmm. but you never really get the personal insight that you're giving. You know, it's always kind of a story of, yes, I was an alcoholic and now I'm OK. Or, yes, I was an alcoholic or, I've, mm -hmm. you know, I had relapses or whatever. But you, you almost never get to this point where they can express so deeply what they've been through and I just find it so fascinating I could listen to you all day you're so inspiring oh, thanks Frankie mm. thank you darling I think the thing is is that yeah whilst I haven't had a relapse I just have to remember what I need to keep doing to to not have a relapse and that is the community it's the fellowship it's my meetings it's talking to people like you you know like I find this my form of therapy because if I forget what I am I'll mm. be quickly drinking wow. you know like, I, I, I know who I am and I know that I don't want to relapse, so I've got to work at it. And it isn't painful. I was painful beforehand. You know, right. this isn't anywhere near as hard as it was me being an alcoholic and hiding my addiction or trying to hide it. I was exhausted. This is just, this. it's not that it's easy. It's just a different way of life. And right. I'm happy and I've got my family and I've got my house and I get to speak to you guys and I get to do things like dance on ice and SAS. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been alive. That, that is the bottom of it. I wouldn't have been here to be able to do that. Now, speaking of SAS, sorry to segue, but I do yeah. have to, we need to talk about this. 
because <laughs> what people what people at home don't know is that the so you did SAS and then you pretty much went straight to Dancing on Ice. Now that's we had, right. And what happened to your eye? Because you oh, pretty much is, oh. you pretty much skated blind for like the first two months. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows that, right, as well. So that didn't help my competition skills, obviously. Yeah, so I had, um, oh, what was it called? It was um, Rotai like or something like that. Yeah, Parasite. There was myself, Matt Hancock, um, Jermaine, and I think Arj might have had Arj had everything, so he probably had that as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, he came back wounded back. Um, but yeah, pretty much I had to skate with a patch on, if you remember, with my coach. And I had to skate um, with one eye closed throughout the first two months until the live shows, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And it's still not, it's still not good now. It really isn't. I've actually just booked an eyesight test in um, this morning. Um, my eyesight's not been great since then. That is the hazard. You know, you sign your life away. I remember when I signed the form that was in case of death, then they, you know, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> in case of death. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Siva obviously did it as well. So we pretty much landed, and then the next week we were at our first, you know, rehearsals, the first yeah. show and tell or whatever it was with Torval and Dean. So um, we literally landed that week and went straight out. Yeah, the, to be able to crazy. learn I mean, to skate with one eye. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I know. I was like, you're not shooting me down now. I was like, no chance. Yeah. Well, at least in the in the dancing on ice contract, if you if there's that risk of death clause, and at least you're going to look fabulous when you go down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly. You've got that at least. <laughs> crystal at my eye. Crystal, yeah. crystal eye patch. You're all good to go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle, for this conversation. I think millions of people need to hear it, and hopefully, you know, like you said, if one person hears this and can get help, it's worth it, right? Absolutely, 100%, definitely. So, yeah, know that there is, is help out there and um, there's millions of us. You're not alone. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Thank Wonder you Woman so much, Shell. guys. That's why you're Wonder Woman, Shell. <laughs> I, like, I, I put that name ages ago and it stuck with me. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you should. It was you a prophecy. To the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Ooh. laughs> I have one quick question before we let you go. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit cheeky, but predictions for this series, if you don't mind. Come on, what, who are you thinking? You were there last Ooh. night. I know you weren't supporting anybody, so you've got a, a completely unbiased opinion. Yeah. Who are um, you oh, gosh. I mean, Amber is amazing, um, but I do think that maybe it could be Vanessa's time again um, to win the trophy. Um, Miles is very good, very good. Um, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I'd say between <laughs> them two. Okay. It's hard. It's hard. It's really difficult. But I, I, but then I suppose Amber runs the risk of already being as good as she's going to get mm. because she's already that good. Um, I mean, in my opinion, her scores should have been higher again because when you look at it relatively compared to what they gave Adele, then Amber, in my opinion, was two points up from Adele. Yeah. Um, but they don't have far to go because of the point system at the beginning of the show, right? Um. So how more how more fabulous should she have to be to be able to get more points when she's already at that standard where the same people were getting it last year? Yeah. She did say that I think they're going to try a headbanger this week, um, which again, that's peaking yeah. very early because where do you go from there? How do you how do you top that? So I mean, mm. yeah, yeah. We, we'll see where she goes. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Amber is that if she brings more solo skating with it, then she'll get the more points, right? Yeah. 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 
Great observation. Well, she can't do her banger by herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, yeah. Who knows? New one. <laughs> Michelle, thank, thank you, you so Michelle. much, my doll. Mwah, thanks, guys. What an incredible interview. Yeah, she's had quite the journey. Uh, and we wish you well, Michelle, because honestly, it was really inspirational listening to all the things that you've been through. So good luck to you, girl. We loved having you on the podcast. And now it's time to get to all of your guys' questions. Super busy again on the socials. You guys are hitting us up all over the place. So should we just get into these? Yeah, it's hard to keep up. What have you got? So this is a tweet, actually. Uh, an ex. This is an ex? No, you, we don't want to talk about my ex. We don't want to talk about mine either. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so this comes from Impress. Why is Lou being scored so low? Well, you tackle this every week, I think. And it's a great question, Empress, because I think Matt and I are really divided on this. And I think Lou is the great divider in this series. Yeah. I understand that she is skating, that her skating skills are very impressive, but I'm just not feeling anything from her, actually. I think the reason why her the judges are scoring her so low is the loss of connectivity between her and her audience. Again, like Frankie just said, the skills are there. The skating skills are there. The performance just isn't. And when you don't, when you can't move a judge or when they're not feeling anything from your performance, they're just not going to keep the score up. Right. Does that make any sense? It made 100% sense. That's, that's exactly how we're all feeling. I think yeah. even, even you, if you're honest, I think you understand. I know that you're her biggest fan and, and I agree. She does have great skating skills, as I said, but we need a little passion. Yeah, absolutely. Now this question is in reference to Amber's last week's skate. Barbie. Barbie from Jaybird. And they ask, I enjoyed Amber skate, but how did she get the highest score when she didn't solo skate and the others skated far better and or had more solo work? I mean, I do think that the top of the leaderboard was contentious last week, definitely for me. I loved Amber's performance. She was 100% Barbie. I mean, she does have some incredible skills. Yeah. She had some amazing tricks. She did the cartwheel into the pencil, so we know that she's very strong. We know she's got these amazing leg lines. So there's a lot to like about Amber. And I think there was also a lot to like about Eddie last week. He did the whole Austin Powers thing, which he was very committed to. There was a lot to like about Adele. My goodness, that Matrix yeah. number that she did was iconic. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it could have gone either way. Obviously, the judges are judging on performance and skating. And I think on balance, she does have, she's bringing a high degree of both to the table. And what we'll typically see is with the female celebs, they do a lot less solo skating than the male celebs. Why that is, I don't know. It's just sort of, it's the history of this show. Probably because the male celebs learn to skate solo Faster. Well, look, at the end of the day, I was a professional uh, female skater, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> I did notice, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Um, and it's harder. We cannot support the men's weight, so they have to learn to skate on their own. And actually, my biggest thing was I would not let them touch me until they had done their warm-ups by themselves. As soon as they stepped on the ice, I was like, hands off, let's go warm up. And that kind of would get them used to skating by themselves, so it wasn't a fear factor. I think yeah. with the male partners when they you guys are so caring and so the minute you see your female celebrity you want to help her out you want to yeah. kind of assist her because you want her to have the, a good experience you don't want any negativity you don't want her to fall straight away or she's always going to be petrified so of course you're helping her and, and I think they become then so used to that and so dependent on you that sometimes it can be a hard habit to break nailed it yeah absolutely all right, again from X, uh, Jonathan has asked, with this is from last week, thoughts on no skate-off? It seems to be unfair. I didn't like it. 
So this is, it's a bit controversial because this no skate off thing came into play a couple of years ago. And it basically is just down to time. With 11 couples, there just isn't a lot of time within that hour and a half time slot, even when they had an extra eight or nine minutes added to the show. And I think it's just part of the format. I agree with you. It's a bit unfair. I don't like it. It needs to go away and never come back. But I, you know, we're not the ones who make the decisions upstairs, are we? But if we were, it would be better. All right. Now, from YouTube, we have Dever. What a great name. Now, this isn't necessarily about the show. It's more about us. <laughs> so let's clear this up for you. Why is the podcast on YouTube days after it's on Spotify? I would much rather watch it on YouTube than listen to it on Spotify. Well, thanks, Dever. I like that. I like that you'd like to see us in the flesh. Now, we, we do look good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, if for any of you that are listening to us, check with the app or the platform that you are listening to us because you might have the opportunity to watch us. I know on Spotify, obviously on YouTube, it is video. Amazon should be getting videos shortly. And then Apple Music, I think within the next couple of months, will have video too. But the reason for the time delay between our Spotify launch date and the YouTube launch date is strictly, we just want to keep it to a podcast format until the next episode is ready. And that's pretty much the only answer. Well, what a shame because you're missing out on all of this. <laughs> but you get it. Yeah, that's Five true. days later. Five days later. I look better five days later, to be fair. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I age well. <laughs> and we'd like to thank our sponsor, Lakeside Shopping Centre, the leading retail and leisure destination in Essex. Just 35 minutes from London with free parking and over 250 stores to discover. And speaking of which, two of those stores styled us this week. That's right. I was styled by the fabulous TFG. And me by Next. Well, thank you guys so much for all of the questions that you have sent in. Please hit us up on all of our socials. You can even email us, as you can see on the screen. We love getting those questions, and we will try to get through as many as possible each episode. Frankie? I have a question, actually. Oh, you do. I, I do. I have a question for the fans and the listeners out there. Who was your favorite pro out of all the series? I think we've had 16 series. Let us know who your favorite pro was because we are working on a secret project and we're going to be bringing some extra special footage to you very shortly. Oh, I'm excited about this. You know. Very special. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Make sure you check out the main episode, which comes out on Monday. Remember, it's a double elimination this weekend on Dancing on Ice. So we will see you on Monday. Produced by Be Inspired Media, the content and podcast agency. 